Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? And does this smell good? Wolfing down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas's ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is noon. And that was really just for you, Wolf, since you thought it was 11 during the break. <laughs> it is noon on a Monday. Hey, when you get old, bags and onions, just roll with it, okay? This is what happened. So during the break, Wolf's like, yeah, hey, that was, you know, I, I, I like that. We're, that first hour went by pretty fast. And I said to Wolf, hey, it's been two hours. And then you walked out to get, I'm assuming, coffee. Yes. I really should have adjusted the clock to make it look like <laughs> one o'clock when you came back in. You're like, Wolf, where'd you go? You missed another hour. Look, my powers of observation, as you know. Are not very stellar I from I, time. To I really time. need to exploit that for my own entertainment more Indeed. often. All right, uh, it is time for Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Rick is here with today's top sports stories. Rick. This one is over. The Suns get the win over the L.A. Clippers. They eliminate the Clippers. And I have to tell you this. For the third time in my NBA broadcasting career, I have the opportunity to say the Suns are going to the NBA Finals. All right. You heard him right there calling the Suns Western Conference Finals win from a couple years ago. But Al McCoy, the Hall of Fame broadcaster for the Phoenix Suns, is retiring after 51 seasons with the team. He joined us earlier to talk about it. Basically, I was going to retire last year. It was my 50th year, and I was being honored a lot around the country for the 50 years, and I basically had planned to retire. And then I don't think it's any secret now that uh, during the offseason, the uh, publicity that the Suns were receiving wasn't something that they were really excited about. Mm. And uh, I was called in and said, hey, we, we, they were very frank. They're, they're, they say, we need you. We need your name. We need some positive things. Would you come back and do some select games next year? And that's when I said, okay, I will. So my question to you guys is, are you guys, what's the biggest thing you guys are going to miss about Al's broadcasts? And do you think this could be a sort of a rallying cry for the team? Um, I'll, I'll say this. I think it's definitely going to be a rallying cry for the city. You know, they start making a run sure. in the playoffs. Because it just, it would be fitting to to get the championship in Al McCoy's final year. And even though he may have anticipated it being his final year last year, now everybody knows this year is his final year. And he has mentioned in the past, we've seen it, right? Devin Booker, like gets it when it comes to Al McCoy. So I don't think it's going to like change Devin Booker's performances, but uh, maybe a little extra juice to the playoffs this year. I'm going to miss Shazam. I'm, yeah. I'm going to miss that. Suns win, right? I, I mean, those two things, I think, in particular, I'm going to miss hearing Al actually say that when he does retire. Do I believe this could be a rallying cry? Let's see. Um, how much does the Suns' best player right now like Al McCoy? 
seems to like him. A lot. And I'm talking about Devin Booker, of course. Yeah, it could be at some point in time, if you get into the postseason, a rallying cry. But I don't think it's going to make any difference to a professional. Hopefully a professional is going to go out and need no other motivation than the fact you have a chance to win a championship. Go out and compete and do your job. I think to answer your question about what you're going to miss, what I'm going to miss most about Al McCoy is when you get in the car and there's a Suns game going on and you just start your car and you have 98.7 on as you should at all times or whatever. And you flip over if you don't. You you can recognize Al McCoy's voice within a split second. You're like, oh, the Suns are playing tonight. Like His voice is synonymous with Suns and it's one of the most recognizable voices ever. All right. Well, speaking of the Suns, they lost yesterday in Oklahoma City, 124 to 120. They now have lost four of their last five games. Here's Devin Booker talking to Dwayne Rankin. We're at the point of the season where every game counts. Uh, you know, so you just want to get as many wins as you, as you can. And Should they rush Kevin Durant back from injury? I mean, you can't do that, but <laughs> these games have some, some real meaning now. Um, when we had Al McCoy in before, he talked about how you really do want to stay in the top four, if at all possible, and they are still there. you got to stay in the top six, Wolf. I, I think that it's imperative that you stay in the top six. Now, I don't know if they feel that way internally. I know that they want to stay in the top six and not play extra games in the playoffs. And, and not, it's not just extra games. It's extra chances to be eliminated. That, to me, is the biggest thing, but I, I don't think you could rush KD back. So we started 1-2 and two in 1985. Jim Hannafin, of course, was my head coach at the time, and he was the guy who liked to smoke uh, Paul Malls, ladies and gentlemen. There was one time Roy Green got hurt, and Roy, Roy Green could not play in week three, but Jim thought he'd come in and say, Hey, Roy, Roy, can you actually go? Can you go this week, Roy? On a Friday, he came walking in and said, Roy, can you go? And Roy looked at him, Nah, coach, I can't. Jim walked out the door and said, that bleeper. Okay. I don't think Monty's going to do that. Okay, I don't think that's going to be the case. I give you that example because I don't think that's going to be the case with Kevin Durant. But I think the question will be asked, hey, KD, how you feeling? Well, you could certainly reevaluate him earlier. You know what please, I mean? It doesn't please, have to be three tell weeks. tell me you're going to reevaluate him earlier than three weeks. I mean, if they keep losing. If they win, they go out there and beat the Lakers, then you buy yourself more time. I mean, time. could you imagine James Jones saying, no, we're not going to reevaluate him. We don't have time. Three weeks. All the appointments are booked. I mean, they're three and a half games ahead of the Lakers right now for 10th. Can you imagine that? What, what if <laughs> Monty? What if Monty Williams comes to James Jones? Hey, can we re- reevaluate him at two weeks? <laughs> can we fine do to that? Me. <laughs> just have Booker diagnose him. He wouldn't have missed I'm just a game. Cracking up about that. I'm cracking myself up. All right, Team USA beat Cuba in Miami, fourteen to two last night in the semifinals of the World Baseball Classic. Behind former D-back Paul Goldschmidt's two-run home run. They will play the winner of Mexico and Japan tomorrow night in the final. And it looks like current D-back Merrill Kelly will start for Team USA. How big would it be for the U.S. to win this tournament? 
And how big would it be for the D-backs if Merrill Kelly leads them there? I, I believe Japan's the only country that's won it twice. The U.S. won it last time. It was a few years ago. Um, so, hey, that would obviously be huge. But, Wolf, I go back to what Mike Hazen said to us last Wednesday when he was on with us. And he talked about some of the D-backs players that are in the tournament. And he brought up how, for a lot of these guys, this is their first truly big game experience in that atmosphere. And how he loves it because what happens if Merrill Kelly's pitching in a playoff game for the D-backs now, he has this sort of pressure to draw on. No, I love this. I love this for Merrill Kelly. I really do. It's not that big for USA Baseball. Let's face it, it's the best baseball on the face of the planet. We all understand that. We know that. But I think individually for Merrill Kelly to go out and actually pitch well in a situation like this, actually be faced with just the the act of going out in a high-pressure-packed situation where the stakes are pretty big. Not letting your teammates down, getting put into a situation like that, yeah, I think this is going to be good for Merrill Kelly going forward as well. We're going to be out at D-backs tomorrow, so we're going to have a chance to talk some uh, some of this with, I'm assuming we'll have some player guests on. We had like eight the last two times we are out there, so we'll, we'll definitely get a chance to get into that. That was Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Thank you, uh, Rick, very much for that. Rock and Roll Hall of Famers Billy, Joel, and Stevie Nicks are heading to Chase Field for one night only on December 8th. Tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m., but you can win a pair of tickets now by visiting the contest page on ArizonaSports.com. Uh, we come back, it was a wild weekend around the NCAA tournament. We'll get you caught up on the main storylines and what's next for ASU now. Next, it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, back to the madness. 16 teams left. Wolf, I'm looking at the bracket. I don't think I've ever seen this before, at least from my own bracket. Half of it, half of the Sweet 16, I'm missing seven teams. And then the other half, I'm not missing any. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. Well, what a disaster that is. Thanks. Well, no, really, it's not a disaster. How many final four teams you got? That, that's unimportant. Okay, well, well, I'm just Let's just right say now. more than I think one. we all know. Okay, that's great. I think we all know that if you have four, if you have four final four teams, if you've got that going into the Sweet 16, you feel pretty good about your bracket. I think wait, that's a especially general this statement. Year. Especially this especially year. Especially this year because of how wide open it really seemed to be. So, And we've already seen a lot of upsets, so as we all know. Two number ones got knocked out. Two number twos got knocked out. So, again, if you've got your Final Four intact, that's pretty good. <laughs> I'm sure you're not speaking about yourself, right? What are you talking about, okay. Luke? <laughs> Good. The fa- oh, uh, the nothing. fact that my Final no. Four is intact? No. It's interesting. No. If you had to pick- Raise your hand right now. If you're on the Wolf and Luke show, raise your hand if your Final Four is intact. Are you done? <laughs> this is 
is unbelievable. Please <laughs> tell me anybody is going to hear. I'm the only one raising it, basically. Well, but What's let me. Point? I do. I do want to pull up the uh, the bracket bucks standings here because we okay. promoted this right for the longest time for the listeners. Hey, you have to get in here. You have a chance, you know, to maybe beat some yeah. of um, the the hosts, the on air people. Okay. Sometimes you got to remember about the time change. Okay. So let me let me read off the standings. Okay. Gambo is in first. Got to give Gambo credit right now. Eighty four points. Okay. Eighty four. Bickley has eighty two. Got to give him credit. Uh, Jarrett has 80. Give him a little bit of credit. I have 78. Tied with Sarah. Sarah has 78. Dave Burns has 72. Mitch, 66. Vince is having a rough year, 58. Um, (laughs) In there, Vinny. Still don't see Wolf on here because his bracket hasn't been entered. Look. (laughs) You know I was going to do it. I sat down to do it like I always do before the show Mm -hmm. and thought I had an hour to fill it out. Nice and relaxed, and forgot about the time change that had happened on Sunday. I'm going to go ahead and put you... I can't put you below Vince, because Vince is having a rough year. I'll put you slightly ahead of Vince. All I'm saying is, Pixie, you were there. You saw me fill the bracket out, because you knew what BPI was all about, right? You knew it. And there it is. Would you say you have four teams in the Final Four if it isn't submitted for anybody to see? Uh, I, I, it's not submitted for anyone to see. Oh, yeah, hold on. I, in my other bracket that nobody can see, I actually have all 16, sweet 16 teams left. I have a perfect yeah, bracket that nobody's yeah, that's seen. That's pretty funny right there. Uh, I thought so. Everybody, you saw my bracket. We took a picture <laughs> of my bracket. We posted it, Look, as a matter of fact. Nobody's and I calling have you. four Final Four teams. Nobody's calling you a liar. But there's no way to score your bracket because I don't know the scoring system that they're using. Well, they could. They could do it very easily. Wolf wins because he has four Final Four teams? Well, that's right. I I will give you this. If we get to the Final Four... How many of those guys right there? Gambo. Gambo is is his Final Four intact right now. But does does it matter right now? Well, I I don't know. Gambo has... Looks like two of his final. It looks like most of us have two of our final four left. Okay, well that's, that's what I have too. I'm, I'm glad you guys played along. I will give you this: if we get to the final four and you still have all four of the teams, <laughs> then I will grade you as the winner. Just taste it. But as it stands right now, this is all under protest. All right, I want to get to ASU. I should be the one protesting. <laughs> Based on what? Time change? Actually, I'll get behind you on that one. If you want to protest daylight savings, I'll line up right there with you. Um, okay, so the... That's just how far I'll take the ruse, based on names. <laughs> hey, if it finally gets daylight savings altered, I will allow you to win this meaningless bracket. Okay, look, what is it you want to talk about? I want to talk about ASU, because okay. we got we <laughs> babbled about this before and then got too late and ended up not being able to talk about ASU, and specifically Bobby Hurley. I feel like you got cut off as we were going to break before in terms of the future of Bobby Hurley with uh, with ASU. So I'll just set it up by saying this. He signed for one more year. Yeah. Uh, I get that your ultimate goal is not getting into the tournament and losing in the first round. I get that he has not been to the round of 32. I'm not saying this is what the ultimate goal is, but I think he basically... Will would have been to the tournament four of eight years. If you don't want to count the year in 2020 where they were definitely going, then you can say three of seven years that they've been to the tournament. And I think there's a chance he's building something here that I don't trust that they would just instantly be able to replace if they didn't give him an extension and he walked or if they don't want him here. Again, he's not the be-all, end-all, but as you and I were talking about during the break, he understands he has to get better, and I think he is getting better. Yeah, you know, this is just so, you have to get down in the weeds and you have to talk about the nitty-gritty of this program and of this school. 
you have to. When it comes to the football program and the basketball program, those two things in particular. Would you say that ASU is known, Basinonians? Would you say this? Admit this. Would you say they're known for packing a place and being rabid about their school? For Uh, basketball, you mean? For for basketball and for football. I mean, I think you could you could extend that to a lot of the teams in town if they're winning. Yes. See, and that's exactly it right there. On a college level, it's completely different from the pro level. It is. Of course, there's so many bandwagon fans in the pros. It's been that way forever. And it will be. Now, there are some places you can go where they're not bandwagon. They're not bandwagon up in Green Bay. As a matter of fact, there's a number of places you can go where they're not bandwagon. Okay? They're not bandwagon up in Green Bay. They're not bandwagon with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Trust me on that. They're not bandwagon up there with the Buffalo Bills. They're not bandwagon. They are life to so many of these people. And I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying that's the way that it is for a lot of them. And there are some schools that are very, very committed to their programs. And we all know that. A lot of them just go down to the SEC. Yeah. You want to see people committed to their programs. I'm saying out here there's a very laissez-faire approach. To ASU, I will say the student section's pretty good. They show up pretty well, I, win I, or lose. But I, but you know, I'm not talking about the student yeah, section. Well, you know what I, I, I know? I'm talking but I'm, about the, the general, the general population out there rallying around their school. This is something that Kenny Dillingham is trying to do right now, even as we speak, to really stoke the fires of ASU and try to reawaken something. To rally around and say, hey, good or bad, we're going to support you. There's a lot here, though, right now. I mean, look, I've said this before. The very first time I was ever on air at ASU was calling ASU basketball. Like, I love ASU basketball for that reason. And I always just have anyway. Because the tournament is... Anybody that has a team that makes the NCAA tournament, you realize how how intense it is. Those two-plus hours on Friday, that was intense watching them play TCU. Um but you could even, like, just look at last week. You could have, if you were here, you could go to a Suns game. You could go to a Coyotes game. You could go to spring training. Uh, NASCAR was just here like a week and a half. I mean, there's so much. I'm not even remembering half of it off the top of my head. You, in this marketplace, have to win to get that full level of attention. Mm-hmm. But my question is, at a certain point, does some other school that has that, where basketball, where college basketball is really all they have, Come knocking on, on Bobby Hurley's door, and he's like, "Yeah, you know what? They've I've only got one year left. They're not they're not going to re up me anyway." Like I just I I wonder if he's going to leave or if ASU doesn't care if he leaves. Not ASU the fans. I mean, the actual, what would you like, like to see the school do with Bobby Hurley? I at least want him coaching here next year, and he's still signed for one more year. Do you, okay. you agree with that? Right? Uh, no, I I think Bobby Hurley is an excellent coach. Um, I'm glad ASU has got him. Uh, do I think that some other coach could come in here and do better? I I, I don't. I'm sorry. I mean, if you go get Tom Izzo, yeah, he can I, do better. Well, um, but yeah, but somebody know, but, you're realistically going to get. It, dude, thank you for the realist word. Realistically. Yeah. What are you going to do? I mean, you have to say what you are. I, Jonathan Gannon, I was talking about this earlier. I love he's got this saying right here. you got to be where your feet are. 
you got to be where your feet are. And the reason why he says that is you can't you can't say this is what we should be when you are what you are. And you can't look back and say, well, that's what we've been. So it should impact what we are now. No, it shouldn't. You are what you are at the moment. You have to live in the moment and you have to tell the truth in the moment as to what you are. I, I think looking at Bobby Hurley and the job that he's done here for ASU basketball and saying, we can do better, we can do better than this, uh, I think is wrong-headed, and it's not really telling the truth. And because of that, there's no way in the world I'm going to do that. I'm going to let Bobby Hurley continue to try to build this program. Yeah, I mean, if he wants an extension of a year or two, I, I would be up for it. And and again, with the mindset of this is not what I'm going for. I'm not like, hey, I want to lock into three more years of hovering around the tournament. It's not that. It's not. I don't want it to be misperceived as settling, but I do think he's getting better. See, and that's why perception and reality matters in this conversation. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, the Suns lost yesterday despite a 46-point performance from Devin Booker. How concerning is the rest of the team right now? And maybe, maybe I will throw this in there too next segment, a little bit of an update on KD's timeline. You haven't heard this yet, Wolf. Okay. Play that next. The cool. Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hi, welcome back to the show. The good news from yesterday, Wolf, 46 points from Devin Booker. Boy, that is far. I think they, they really may have something there in Devin Booker. <laughs> seems like seems like a decent player. Uh, 46 points. Now, the bad news is they lost a game where Devin Booker scored 46 points and didn't on some level, if you're a Suns fan, didn't that on some level feel like a game from four years ago yes. or five years ago to you? Right? Yes. But Booker's just going to flirt with 50, and they're still going to lose. Yes. And he did it so efficiently as well. I believe he was 18 at 28 yep. from the field. Exactly. Think about that. I mean, this is, yeah, once again, Devin Booker was the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I want to play this update for you, if I can find it. It's from Shams, and it doesn't necessarily give you anything definitive, but the, he was on FanDuel TV earlier today. Yeah, Kevin Durant's doing more and more on the court. I, I would expect more evaluations later this week. I think there will be potentially an update later this week and early next week when they reevaluate him and, and see exactly how much progress he's made. But uh, definitely, there's optimism within the Suns that they're going to be cautious, uh, but they are hopeful that he's going to be back in lineup before the end of March, potentially early April. Uh, the goal was always here, you know, two to three weeks uh, in that range, but they're going to be cautious. They know the best time for him is playoff time. So get, making sure that he's 100% not rushing him back, I think that'll be a priority as well. What do you want to say about that? I don't that? know if I, 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 at different you points. You your eyebrows. Well, in those 32 seconds, I felt better and then worse three different times. Um, three weeks would be next Thursday. So we are already halfway to it. In some ways, it feels like it's been 10 years, but it has been a week and a half. Um, When he says they want to have him back by late March, yeah, that was the original three weeks or early April. Like, what? (laughs) Where did early April come from, Shams? How about he plays next week? How about two or three weeks? 
the reevaluation right yeah the fact that he said that the only reason i i wonder if maybe he said that is because i think he originally said two or three weeks yeah, he and then did everybody origi- jumped yeah. why in did you three. say originally two shams yeah well, why did you say that because two weeks uh, he got hurt two weeks ago this wednesday okay this wednesday yeah. two weeks ago do you think there's a possibility based on our needs at some point in time they might reevaluate that three-week evaluation and just say, you know what? what? Why not do it all Wednesday? Two weeks. Why not do it right after the game what? yesterday <laughs> when you blew a double-digit lead to Oklahoma City fourth quarter? I, I, you know, honestly, I'm just wondering, listen, if I were the Phoenix Suns, if I were the Suns, I, I would have said, I would have done exactly what they did, basically. Remember, Shams came out with the report first that it was two weeks. Mm-hmm. They were going to reevaluate him after two weeks. And then it was, no, it was going to be three weeks. Remember that? The mm-hmm. Suns then put it out and said, no, it's going to be three weeks. That will, well, you know what? That's PR. And I was talking about this last week. This is exactly what you would do. It's a smart thing to do. Especially when it comes to Kevin Durant, who's got an injury history, and you don't you're you're trying to protect him, and you're also trying to manage the expectations of your fan base. So instead of saying, you know, two weeks, and then oh no, he's not ready after two weeks, so he's going to miss the next game. He's day to day right now, and we all know what day to day means to the Suns. Why not just say, why not go over the top and say he's going to be three weeks? Day-to-day with the Suns over the last couple of years means day-to-day-to-day-to-day-to-day-to-day. <laughs> but you get my point. Yeah. Why not give KD a little grace and say it's going to take us three weeks? And, oh, by the way, if he happens to come back after two or two and a half, boy, that, that kind of makes him look good, right? So let's use PR to manage those expectations. I can just tell you what I would do in this situation, and I, I in this case, don't think it's necessarily that far off of what they are probably at least at least weighing this right. If I can get away with three weeks, I'm doing it. But if they're going to lose every game, right. then there's maybe a little more pressure. Like, look, okay. No matter what, so they're again, not, why not say three weeks just to be safe? No matter what, they're not rushing him back. So, yes. I mean, they could drop to ninth. If he's not ready to go, then they're not going to bring him back. Correct. But you already have that cut from James Jones like a week ago saying, yeah, if it was the playoffs, he'd probably be out there. He, just, <laughs> he would be struggling. So with that in the back of my mind, I just keep thinking, like, if they drop down to seventh, let's say, or they're they're close to that, then maybe that reevaluation moves up a little bit. Now, to reset the timeline, and I hate saying the word timeline in Phoenix Suns in the same sentence because I still have PTSD from six years ago with hashtag the timeline. <laughs> they've got the Lakers on Wednesday. They've got Sacramento Friday. They've got Philadelphia Saturday. Boy, if you could just win one of those three, right? If you could just win one of because those are three tough games. Ideally, you could win two or all three. But if you could just win one, I think you're okay. But if if you dropped all three, you might very well be in seventh place by the time Kevin Durant comes back. Because right now in the standings, the Suns are a half game ahead of the Clippers for fourth, two games ahead of Dallas. And then Golden State right now is two and a half games back of the Suns, and Golden State is in the play-in tournament. Yes, okay. (laughs) Which we all like that right there. But can I just say right now the two games back by the Mavs? Okay. Yeah. That will bother me. Yes. To no end. 
Yeah. That will bother me if somehow, some way, the suns were to fall, especially when you're talking about falling out of the top six seeds. If that is to happen in the Mavericks somehow, somewhere. No, thank you. Oh, my goodness. That's going to be such a kick in the cradle, is it not, brothers? That That is going to be hard to swallow if that is the case. And right now, when you continue to look at the remainder of the schedule for the Phoenix Suns, it's it's not out of the question. No, it's uh, it's not. You it's just a, lost four or five games. And your one win was barely over Orlando. Now, it doesn't matter. A win's a win. But I'm just saying, they, they you get nervous when you see Devin Booker put up 46 and the team still yes. blow a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter to an Oklahoma City team that is on the rise, but I don't think you would say is good. Like you need to be ahead of them. Yeah, they're they're basically league average with a really good player on the team. Booker was asked if he felt he had to step up the scoring yesterday. I'm just taking what the defense gives me, trying to win games. That's pretty much it. I've seen a lot of openings. Yeah, I mean, look, he played great yesterday, but it's he had 46, Chris Paul had 14, Terrence Ross, 12, Landry Sham at 10, yes. everybody else in single digits. Oh, boy. When you have one player 32 points ahead of everybody else on the team, yes. and you lose to a team you should beat. Now, again. Now, D.A. didn't play. D.A. didn't play and KD didn't play. Yes. yes. So, <laughs> it's not, you wouldn't panic over one game. I'm just saying the reality that you're dealing with is some of these other teams are going to start winning. Here's the whole thing that really highlights what it is that you're saying right now. Because I wrote this down, Basin. They did have a 10-point lead early in the fourth quarter. They did. They they hit this patch where nothing went right for them, though, in that fourth quarter. There was a 3-minute and 24-second patch of bad play that ultimately cost them the game. They didn't score a point in that 3-minute and 24-second patch, and they let the Thunder go on a 10-0 run to tie the game up at 100. That was just nasty when that happened. And guess what? Devin Booker was on the bench resting, of course. See, that is that it highlights the fact that, again, how badly they need Devin Booker out on the floor and Kevin Durant yeah. out on the floor in order to get away with a win. Right now, the Chris Paul CP, we love Chris Paul. Love Chris Paul. But I think if you're counting on Chris Paul to go out there and be the Kevin Durant type player and score that Kevin Durant is, I think we all would say that's going to be a tough climb. Yeah. Also, what's Oklahoma City's deal with only having guys named Jalen Williams on their roster? <laughs> they, I think at this point you have to lean into it and find a third one that you can start, but <laughs> come on. You should you should have to go, you go into the luxury tax if you have more than one player with the same name in your starting lineup. That's my new rule for the NBA. Yeah, I mean, you think of the scoring options for the Phoenix Suns. Think of it. With DA out and KD out. It is Chris Paul. I think for the well, that's not the role they they want him in. That's not the role they want him in. But with those guys out, that's the role he's got to be. You didn't like my Jalen Williams rule. 
No. Okay. Well, it's still, I'm still going to try and push it through. Uh, is your bracket busted? Don't worry, Madness Maniacs. You still have a shot at $500. Just text Bucks to 620 and we're going to send you a link to fill out our 16-team bracket. Maybe that's where I belong. That's Bucks to 620 It's the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. When we come back, back to football, the Cardinals have done very little in terms of making noise and free agency. Is that by design? kind of names are still out there even. We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, Wolf, I hold in my hand a list of the top 28 remaining free agents. And I don't think, based on the names you were just reading off, that it's the same list you have, to be okay, honest. Okay, great. Because uh, mine are actual players that are available and not guys that retired a couple weeks ago. <laughs> okay, thank you. That's um, so funny. You know, I, I forgot I to it was, laugh. It's pretty funny. I think I told you that myself. Yeah. I'm just mad right now because you don't have four teams in your final four. I don't. But when I go back and do the, uh, the Sweet 16, would you change anything if you did the Sweet 16 right now? No. Oh, okay. I would. Why would I change anything? Well, because there's a a couple teams I have in the Final Four I would change for different Final Four teams at this point that are still in it. Your duplicity has nothing to do with me. (laughs) You brought it up. I'm reading through some of these names, and some of them I know are not going to the Cardinals. Like, I would assume Odell Beckham Jr. He's third on this list. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) I know you're trying to be serious right here. I just I thought that was funny. Your duplicity has nothing to do was, with me. It was okay, hilarious. Just go ahead. Yes. Just no, now I can go ahead. No. Okay. Yeah, just where, where were you going? My line this? about Jalen Williams, if you have more than two guys with the same name in your starting lineup, you go into the luxury tax. It's a whole lot better than whatever line you just laughed okay, at. Okay, great. Um, I don't even remember where I was going with this. How about Rocky Scene? Okay. Top uh, corner out there on this list. Okay. Any interest in him? Yeah, I would have some interest in him. Well, what are we going to, what are you going to sign him to? Are you, you know, three year contract, four year contract? Uh, what is he looking for right now? Because I'm looking for a one year deal. Well, I think, I think that's the, the question now is are the Cardinals, and actually I heard Kent Summers bring this up. He was on with Bick Lame Rod this morning. And, he brought up basically a version of what I'm about to say here of are they not signing guys right now because they're waiting for the prices to drop and they're basically doing what you've been saying of like we just we want pros but we're not going to overpay with where we are right now uh, not not like in a cheapness thing but you're trying to put together a more complete roster and then start to build from there is yes. it that or is are there guys on this list that if they get signed today they won't be by the Cardinals but in four days or six days or ten days they could get signed by the Cardinals they're waiting for the prices to drop or is it just the guys they're trying to sign guys and guys don't want to come here that was the other thing Kent Summers brought up, which I mean, that's that's legit. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I don't know what the answer would be to that, especially if you're going to pay them more money than somebody else. So generally, if you're going to pay somebody more money, they're going to they're going to come. Yeah, I know everyone's, you know, talking about that NFLPA and the rating that came out on the Arizona Cardinals. Just trust me on this one, Basin Orleans, that if, in fact, you're going to pay somebody more money to come play here somehow, some way, they'll sledge their way through Arizona. (laughs) 
and try and and come here and play for the Arizona, Arizona Cardinals. in the winter. Somehow they'll make it through that weight room, which I just can't even believe. If you saw the weight room we were working out in, you would not even believe it. So all oh, the floor is an absolute mess. You know, I I don't get me started again on that whole thing. I actually didn't this it, time. It's I I know I know. Listen, it's not good because it, players care about this. It matters to players. Today's player, it does matter to them. So that's something that the Arizona Cardinals have got to address at some point in time. But I, I want to find dudes. Who, who don't focus on that. I really don't. If I'm Monty Austin Ford, I, wa- I want to I get guys into that locker room that love the game of football and want to play the game for all of its beauty and all of its goodness and what it can provide a man to go out in between those white lines and to ball out. That's what I want. I want to find those guys, not the guys that are cushy, not the guys that are looking for the life. I want the guys who love the game and not the life of the NFL. Does that make sense? Find them because they're out there. They still are. And I know that for a fact because the Arizona Cardinals already have more than a handful of them. Isn't that right, Buda Baker? But you can you can get why a Cardinals fan might be looking at this. I mean, this is two years in a row. They really haven't signed anybody. They yeah. didn't sign anybody last year. And last year, everybody was getting frustrated. And then the thought was, okay, but they just won 11 games, so maybe they know what they're doing, and they didn't. So now it's a completely different front office this year. So I think, I mean, at least for me, I'm going to give them more of the benefit of the doubt. But here we are again. You can understand why a Cardinals fan would be like, this is two years in a row, and the only guy we've really signed is Kaiser White. Yeah. You know, once again, you, you can sit here and you can talk about it all you want. I'll go back to last year, and I'll say the Arizona Cardinals on paper had a Super Bowl caliber offense. Well, they had a lot of injuries. I'm just saying that right now, okay? And I know. I'm saying it. I said it at the time, and I'll say it again. Kyler Murray had his worst year by far and away. Who saw that coming? Did everyone see that coming? Because I don't remember a lot of people talking about Kyler Murray going out there and, and sucking buttermilk no, last year. But when you don't make any moves, you run the risk of if it doesn't work, you're going to be criticized. Yeah. That, that's There's no way around that. Because yeah. you're basically saying we see something nobody else sees. And if you're right, you're a genius. But if not, you're going to take a hit. The, the entire season pr- was predicated on the Arizona Cardinals offense going out and looking like the Arizona Cardinals offense. It wasn't going to be their defense that was going to go out there and win games for them. It was going to be their offense that had to win games. Yeah. Yes. That's period. how I would have built and the when, team, too. And when that offensive line started breaking down the way that it did early in the season, to a point where they had 10 different iterations of a starting offensive line, and Kyler Murray was having the worst season he's had as a pro by far and away, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see it. DeAndre Hopkins was going to be back after six weeks. That was bad. Hollywood Brown getting hurt. That was Zach Ertz. The same thing. The fact they were decimated by injuries. Now, having said all of that, once again, I just want to be fair as to what I think right now. They're going to raise the floor, and last year it was about the ceiling. It wasn't the floor. And they, they've changed their strategy this year. And it's going to be, we're going to build from the ground up, raise the floor, not the ceiling. Because we're not going to be able to do it. 
They're going to sign a bunch of one-year guys. And can I tell you right now, if I were Jonathan Gannon, if I were a first-year coach, if I had a new coaching staff, I'd want one-year deals. One year. We're going to get the best out of you this year. Show us what you got. Prove it, deal. Show us what you got. I would want dudes that were one-year deals. Go ahead. We'll, we'll sign you mid-season if you prove you're all that in a bag of chips. How about you just go ahead right now? I, I would want, I'd want to populate this team with guys that are one-year deals that are out there. And to get those one-year deals, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer. They're starting to happen right now and have happened last week. But a huge amount of them, I think, will come this week. Well, so that's that's basically the original question. If I start reading down names on this list, I want to make sure it's as up to date as possible in case anybody signed today. But let's I'm just going to read them off. And if somebody signed within the last hour or something, you get the point. But like Dalton Schultz, Bobby Wagner, Jadavian Clowney, uh, Rocky Scene, Dalton Reisner, Marcus Peters, Isaiah Wynn, any of these guys. Do you think the Cardinals are saying, no, we don't want those guys on our team? Or do you think the Cardinals yeah. are looking and saying, a week from now, those guys are willing to take less, and that's how we need to do it this year? Yeah, no, I think that's probably what they're doing right now. Jadavion Clowney, ooh, you know what, Jadavion, what do you say? What do you say? You, you come here on a one-year deal. How about that? There's a few of these. You could build a team out of these free agents that are still out there. <laughs> right. You really could. No, there, there's some guys on here, Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters, how you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, yeah. buddy, would you would you ever sign a two year deal? How about that? A two year? I think all these guys are still looking for three year deals, four year deals. In some instances, they're still looking for that contract, that long term contract, and it's one of the reasons why I think the Arizona Cardinals have been very. Um, Passive in regard to signing free agents. Man, some of these names, we were reading their names last year at this time. Melvin Ingram, yep. Justin Houston. <laughs> some of these names. One year very, deal. Very Melvin familiar. Ingram, that, that, that interests me. Taylor Lewan. Taylor Lewan would make ah, some sense. That, that would interest me as well. Kyle Van Noy, like him, that's a pro. Frank Clark, there's a pro. Shaquille Griffin. I mean, these are guys that I think would make excellent candidates to, why don't you show us what you got? Then we'll lock you up. All right, we come back. We'll go around the NFL. Tua's option was just exercised in Miami. Adam Thielen has a new destination. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, he was never coming here. He does have a destination as well. And I tell you what, Wolf, I've got uh, the top four teams most likely to be on hard knocks, which I know is what you've eagerly anticipated. So we'll do that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Not the Cardinals.